All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcane Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome back, listeners, to the next episode of the Financial Security 360 podcast brought to you by Mulcane Co. Your host, Gavin Nash, is with you today. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome and thanks for joining us. I'm joined by two experts in their trade today from the Mulcane Co. financial planning team. I'm here with... Uh, with long-term podcaster, Danny Archer. Welcome, Danny. Hello, Gavin. Good to see you again. Good to have you back, mate. And we're also here with uh, another financial planner in our Ballarat office, Tamara Vaudry. G'day, Tam. Hi, Gav. How are you going? Not too bad. Thanks for joining us. This is Tam's first first podcast episode, so welcome along. Thank you. Looking she, forward to it. She's so excited. She was so excited. She was. Um, you've been knocking my door down to come onto the podcast for quite a few months, so here you are. You're on. So oh, yeah, You've got me. Yep. The waiting list on the podcast is long, Danny. It's long. Yeah, I know. I'm up to about 10 or 12 and I've finally <laughs> roped in some colleagues to jump on. Well, and we've got Tam on board today, listeners, because Tam's written an article on our news page at mulkay.com.au called How Your Super Can Help You Buy Your First Home, which has proved pretty um, pretty popular on our socials. So it went out on our socials there about a week ago. Um, quite a few sort of uh, likes and went out to quite a few more people, lots of people sharing it. Um, it's probably a topic a lot of people don't know a lot about, how to actually access some super superannuation that you've paid to sort of maybe assist you to buy that first house. So what, what sort of inspired you to write the article, Tam? Uh, probably a big topic with clients at the moment is buying their first house. With the property boom the way it's been through COVID, it's probably becoming pretty daunting for clients to actually save up that deposit. So they're probably just wanting some guidance on how they can save up and get into their own house. Yeah, that first home buyer's conversation is, is pretty, yeah, it's, it's becoming, or well, some some cities in Australia, they say, becoming a bit unaffordable for a first home buyer to get into, which is not really what the Australian dream's always been about. Uh, it's always been, Australia's always prided itself on the fact that you can sort of buy your own home and have your own property, a bit different to some other countries around the world. But um, yeah, at the moment with the property boom, COVID probably hasn't helped that because it's sort of the property market dipped a bit, didn't it? And then it's come back with a vengeance. So quite a lot of um, property has gone up in price over the COVID um, period. So um, yeah, potentially tapping into your super to get that first home deposit sounds like a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so the strategy you've spoken about in the article, Tam, um, jump in any time, Danny, if you've got some things to add to it as well, but is tapping into some of the super that you've already paid in yourself um, through what you've named here the First Home Super Saver Scheme. Yeah, so basically what it is is you're able to put some money into super. It can. The whole idea is it saves you on tax as well. So it's more so for people that are earning about over forty to sixty thousand dollars, because then your tax rate's sitting at about thirty four and a half percent. So basically, what you're doing is instead of paying tax at your marginal tax rate, you're going to be paying tax at the super tax rate, which is only fifteen percent. So it's going to save you money there, and yeah, basically you're going to get some money to save for your own home. And so the idea, Tam, is is uh, everyone knows about superannuation that your employer pays. So that's currently, what are we at, 9.5%? 10%. Right? 10%. So we're up to 10%. Up so to 10. The, your employer pays that on your behalf. So you never see that money. Just exactly. If you get your pay packet, it's got super taken out already. It's got tax, tax taken out. It's gone. So you're talking about uh, your own contributions into super on top of that, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. So at the moment, the limit what you can put in for this scheme is $15,000 per annum and the maximum you can take out over the life of 
putting in those contributions is 30,000. As of 1st of July 2022, they are increasing that up to 50,000. So basically what you're doing is that money's going in before tax, so you're not actually paying tax on it from your pay packet, whereas otherwise you'd be paying whatever your tax rate is. So it's just going to super, paying the 15% on your super contribution, and then it's earning what your earnings are on your super fund. Kind of a forced savings, isn't it, Danny? A good way to look at it is... As Tam said, in July next year, they're increasing the total amount that you can take out to 50 grand is because you're only paying tax at 15% on that money versus your marginal tax rate. A way to look at it is you don't need to earn as much. So you, because you're getting money, you, you know, you're getting money to super at that rate rather than, as Tam said, 34%, um, someone can effectively earn a little bit less and be left with the same amount of money at the end of the day, which is the $50,000 per person. So... For, for a couple, you're looking at potentially 100 grand. It's not to say that you still shouldn't save for a house in your own name because, you know, 100 grand in most capital cities or even big regional cities at the moment is not even a 20% deposit for, for a home nowadays, which is, which is pretty crazy. So it, it is to be used to conduct conjunction with savings, but you're effectively getting your 50 grand a lot earlier than you otherwise would because you would have had to work for longer and earn more to save the same $50,000 in your own name outside of super. So... It's, it's quite, quite a, quite a difference between 15% and 34.5%. Massive. I would say. Yeah. yeah. So basically, like to put it in dollar figures, if you put in 15000 let's say you did that in your own name, you're mm-hmm. paying tax at 34.5%, then at the end of the day, you're only going to have 9825 because you've paid the 34.5% tax. If you put that into super, you're going to have 12750 at the end of the day because you only pay 15% tax. Yep. So that's giving you an extra $5,000. So it's the extra, it's kind of the forced saving. And this is the bit that probably a lot of people don't do enough of is, you know, contribute to their own super uh, on top of what their employer is doing. So the idea is to maybe strategically think about starting to do that. If you're not doing that at the moment, maybe start thinking about doing it. Take advantage of what you've just said there, Tam, with getting the, um, the tax benefit, but also you're getting all this money into your super, which you know through this scheme, you can get it back out again if it's to buy your first home. So Tam's example was a, was an individual. So a couple there that that's about you know six seven thousand dollars a year in savings. So how long would it take you to save seven grand outside of super to yep. catch up? That's yes. probably nearly six nine months worth of savings, depending on obviously your personal circumstance. But if you did that and got to the fifty thousand dollars each, effectively you're in a position where you can go to an auction or go buy a home potentially two three years ahead of where you otherwise would. And the other distinction to that is to two or three years later that the house you would have bought is worth a bit more by then anyway. So it's probably off the table if you waited two or three years longer as well. So yeah. there's about five or six benefits that we've just discussed very, very, very easily. Very quickly that sort of, yeah, makes you think. And look, look, um, I'm talking to a couple of financial people, so you guys have these numbers in your head all, all the time. If you're a listener like me as the host and some of these numbers are mumbling up in your brain like they are at the moment for me, Tam, as you know, because Sam has known me for a long time, um, you sort of, I suppose the idea is to come and get some advice, you know, because if if you're really unsure or you're not really sure how it works, how you should structure it, um, come and get some advice from one of the planners because then you can sort of, you guys can set a, a, a strategy in place, which comes back to step one, goals and objectives in our... FS360 12 Steps to Success that the uh, podcast and our business here is based on. So the idea is to come and get some planning advice, Tam, isn't it? So Yeah, 100%. Like 
this strategy isn't going to be relevant for every single person. So mm-hmm. there's definitely other schemes that we could have a chat about and set up a strategy, put it in place and help you save for your first home. Yep, absolutely. Um, and we had a bit of a chat off air, guys, about why the government sort of assists people to do this sort of thing. Why are they offering a, a tax saving? I mean, in your opinion, why would the government allow us to do this kind of thing? Because ideally everyone wants to get in their own home and like it might be release some of that pressure off the government and Danny also mentioned earlier about stamp duty, like that's bringing forward to when people are going to be paying stamp duty. So realistically the government is going to be getting some money from people there. Because when you you buy a house you pay some stamp duty to the government, to the state government, so then that's bringing that purchase forward maybe two or three years because of the tax you've saved. There's always two sides to a government scheme in that if they give you a haircut one way, they get their money another way. So if they are allowing you... You're sounding cynical there, Danny. You're oh, that's just how they work. <laughs> if, you, if they are allowing you a tax saving on, on 50 grand, there's got to be a benefit to them somewhere. So yep, yep. as Tam said too, you might have more stability, which is peace of mind, which means that you know, you're better at work, all those sort of things, which obviously boosts the economy. You've got a mortgage, so you're paying interest to a bank. Now the banks, for whatever reason, are the pillars of the economy. So the better they go, the better they perceive, when I mean they, the government, the RBA, perceive the economy to going. And like I said earlier, if you if you buy a house three years earlier than you would, uh, in that sort of when you then sell and buy your next house, that's when the stamp duty comes into play, which is a story for another day, but that's effective government receipt for transactions on their land. Yeah, yeah. So they want to bring forward that as much as they can. So yeah. that's the the long term the long term play. I suppose from an individual point of view, the idea is to take best advantage of what's available, and that's where you know you come in and see one of you guys um, as a financial planner that you you'll be abreast of all the things that are happening at the moment and what schemes are available to you. As you said, it doesn't with well, this one suit everyone, Tam. But the idea is that to take a best advantage because the government's going to offer these things. It's like JobKeeper last year. It's like all these things that have happened. Um, you know take best advantage as you can because, you know, you, you might not might be not relevant for you next time or something like that. So Yeah, 100%. Tam, as the second part of the article, you're talking about things that to keep in mind. So um, so keep in mind about making, you know, your voluntary super con- contributions. Can you take us through those? Yeah, so there's a couple of different ways that you can put your money into super. Mm-hmm. So probably the most straightforward way is to setting up a salary sacrifice arrangement with your employer. So basically what you're doing is you're telling them to not put money into your bank account, putting it straight into super. Yep. Automatically claims the tax deduction for you then. The other option is you can actually put some money into super yourself and then claim a tax deduction on it before the end of the financial year or mainly before you submit your tax return for that year. For that year, yep. So some of the important things to keep in mind is there is caps on how much you can put into super each year. So at the moment, the before-tax contribution cap is 27500 but there are catch-up rules and things. So they're going to be different in each situation. So that's why it's beneficial to have a chat with one of us and yeah, we sure. can go through it all and just make sure everything is perfect for you. Yeah, uh- yeah, and above board too, and yeah, you know, not something that you've got to think about or worry about from a tax point of view. Or the ATO is going to knock on your door in in years to come. So exactly, um, you've also run us through in the article there, Tam, about some important things to note. So um, you know uh, about receiving the FHSS. So it's a first home 
First home. What Super Saver Scheme. Super Saver Scheme. It's the <laughs> FHSSS, you know. So We love yeah. our acronyms in the finance world. Yeah. Kevin, you should know that by now. Exactly. I just need to explain them to the listeners so that we can all get on the same. So, yeah, those important things to take note of there, Tam. Yeah, so if you are buying a property that you want to buy, there's just a couple of things to keep in mind. You have to actually apply for the determination from the ATO prior to signing your contract to make sure you can get that money out of super so it counts right. towards your deposit. So that's like a, like almost like a pre-evaluation or a, a pre Yeah, so if, when you go and see your mortgage broker tax or office. bank yep. or anything like that, they can take that into account. Sure. But the ATO won't release the funds to you if you've already signed your contract. Okay. So, so basically your money will be stuck in super until you retire. Okay. And you've also got timeframes on... Let's say house number one falls over and that someone else comes and offers a higher amount and the vendor accept that. But you've got a determination. That's that's only live for a period of time. It's not it's not infinite. So you've only yeah. got a, a you've got a certain time frame to find another house. So that's what Tam's saying. It does pay to get advice as to, you know, you d- you can't just go and shop around quite willy nilly. There are a fair few restrictions around what you can and can't do with it. Yep. Yep. So other things to keep in mind is you do have to be a first homeowner. Yep. So you can't have owned other property in Australia and then do this scheme. And you can't also previously ask for a release of super for this scheme. Yep. So you can only apply for it once. And it's got to be for for your first home. And if you get it out, you've got to sign a contract within 12 months, basically. Yep. Yep. Yeah, nice one. Um, No, that's great. A couple of things to take note of. And I think, um, like, if there's listeners out there thinking, well, you know, I can't afford an extra 5% out of my wage, you know, because I'm paying 10% super. So I can see it on my pay slip, I get my, my wage and my super gets taken out, my tax gets taken out. My argument back to people, and this is with my own children, is you will always just spend what you earn, which is what a lot of people do. Um, not everyone. Uh, some people are very disciplined about what they spend, but a lot of people spend what they earn. So if you spend, if you earn 100000 you'll spend 95 of it that year. If you spend... And 200000 you'll spend 195 of it that year. So sometimes this sort of almost like uh, super contributions is a way of forced saving, you know, because you're getting the tax benefit. And if you go to your employer and say, look, you already give me 10%, I want you to put another 10% in. And I'll guarantee every listener listening won't notice that other 10% not coming into their bank because they'll just all of a sudden go, well, I'm going to spend until the bank goes down to zero and then it'll go back to payday if that's the kind of person you are. So I think the thing is, Everyone can probably afford that extra, and maybe it's only 5% you know, of your wage, but it just means 15% is going into super, and five of it you're going to be able to claim back at some stage through this scheme. And what you just spoke about before, we see all the time, Tammy, that when, when a client says, I've got a pay rise, we're like, great, well done. You know, you deserve that. You might have upskilled, got some study or whatnot. What are you going to do with that pay rise? And then it's very, very commonly, as you said, you spend what you earn. If more money comes in, then you're going to go out for dinner one more night a week. Bigger or you're going to buy a bigger car or it's not the first thing. <laughs> it's music to our ears when the client goes, hey, I've been given a 10 grand pay rise. How do we invest it? Or should we yeah, do something else? Awesome. Because it means that, you know, that they're on the right track. And you're right, you know, if you don't see the money after a month, you just assume that your normal net income is what it is. You don't even, you kind of mentally forget that you are salary sacrificing into super. It's like the automation of your finances proves, proves a big part of it. But that is also something to remember. The name is, it is a form of salary sacrifice in that you are sa- sacrificing your salary now for another day for yep. the future. And yep. the, obviously the goal here is for home ownership. So it's one of those things, if you think you can't afford it, then our question is how much do you want to own a home? Like how important is that to you? 
Yeah. If it's important enough, you will you will make it work. Yep. And it's important cult- culturally, sorry, to point out that in Australia, it's always been very culturally relevant to own property, hasn't it? So I think I mentioned on a previous podcast, Danny, my mother-in-law's from England originally. She, she couldn't believe when she got to Australia, emigrated, that how many people own property? She said, oh, because over in England, like one in five people would own property, you know, so everyone rents for their whole life. And they still do investments and other things with their money, stock, share market, whatever, but owning property is difficult because it's been around for so many centuries over there and there's so many so many landowners and, you know, landlords and whatever that it's just becoming un- – and the prices becomes unachievable. So the fact that the Australian government's allowing us to do some things like this I think is a good result. Um, I suppose the key is to make sure you take advantage of it, you know. Yeah, definitely. That's what it's there for and just to give you a helping hand. Yeah. And like one thing to keep in mind, like obviously super, it does fluctuate. Like there is risks involved in super. So the other thing the government have guaranteed, if the market does do a downturn for that year, you're still going to get some deemed interest from it. So you'll definitely get what you put back in and you'll get a certain percentage just depending oh, on the Oh, so they're gar- kind of guaranteeing that. Yeah, yeah, so you'll always get some earnings. It might only be a minimal amount, a couple of percent but it's still better than having it in cash in your own name, which I was looking at term deposits the other day and they're offering 0.15 for 12 months. So not a lot, is it? <laughs> not much at all. And that was the other thing we didn't mention earlier, Tam, was that uh, you, this this uh, up to 30000 at the moment, up to 50000 as of July 1 next year, includes um, your own contribution but also the interest earned on those contributions. Yeah, it? it does. So you can't take out of your super what your employers put in for you, okay. but you can take out... Um, your own amount plus the in, in, you know the interest the that's been earned, yeah, yes. the growth in that investment. Yeah. So, so that's so the other benefit for it is yeah. you're getting that growth. Whereas if yeah. you had that sitting in cash in your own name, you're not going to get that with interest rates at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and you'd be paying tax on that. So again, if you even if you didn't have it in in cash out in your own name, if you had some shares using using a bit of a share portfolio for your house deposit, the dividends are taxed at your marginal tax rate in your own name. In super, it's only fifteen percent as well. So. Super is the best tax environment we have in Australia. So its contributions can be taxed at 15%, but growth, ha- it, it, it's capped at 15% regardless. Sometimes at zero for down the track. But um, So not only are you getting more money in tax effectively, the return on your investment is more tax effectively dealt with as well. Um, it's all good information. And as I said earlier, um, if today's episode's been a little bit more figures-based than some of our other episodes are. So if anyone's confused... Just come and see an advisor. That's the, the, the message, isn't it? It is. Otherwise, um, and the, guy, the good thing is with the guys here, they can sort of look at your personal circumstances rather than putting everyone in the same bucket, you know. And they yep. can say, right, I will, like we were saying earlier, Danny, about, you know, you're putting away a bit extra into your um, this scheme to get your first house. Well, then when that once you're in your first house um, and you get that pay rise, a lot of people leave their um, or you know, they start paying their home loan down. A lot of people leave their repayments where they are, so they'll just keep paying the higher amount forever. And you become used to it. And yeah. Then you sort of go, well, the benefit is, and then topical at the moment, as Tam said, interest rates like a turn deposit at 0.15, that's nearly zero. Inflation's way more than that. So yeah. a common one at the moment is... Money's going backwards. Do yeah. you do you overpay your mortgage if you're getting a, if your interest rate's 2% or are you best off salary sacrificing into super getting potentially 6, 7, 8, 9% return on your money. So in the wash, you could be better off down the track. And if you already are in the habit of making those extra payments into super, um, through my experiences, a lot of the time when clients have done this, um, have continued. Yeah. 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 
And I think it's something that are you do you find Tam that people often think about contributing to their super on top of their employer? Would you say, or is is it is the vast majority of people still don't do that? Um, it's probably becoming a bit more common now. People starting to do it, yep. but people are probably a little bit hesitant because sometimes super has a bit of a bad rap and. Yes, some I'll of need that one day. You yeah. know, I'll be 65 by the time I need that. And all of a sudden you're 50 and you're like, I need that super. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like it's always going to be easier to start younger yeah. because otherwise you're playing the catch-up game. Yeah, absolutely. So. And, and I think that, yeah, if you're a, you know, even if you're an apprentice or you're a, um, you know, you're a 23-year-old hairdresser out there, I'm really thinking about that 10% from the employer, think about another 5 to 10% yourself. You know, I think it's a good you know, short-term uh, young young person strategy to sort of think about. So hopefully anyone listening, if you're not in that age bracket yourself, you can pass that information on to somebody in your family because I think uh, when schemes like this come up and you've already contributed, that's where you can really have a, a win, you know, so. Yeah, and like this is a bit off topic, but there's definitely other contributions you can make depending on what your income is and you might get some money off the government as well if you considered low income. Yep. So worth coming to have a chat and just seeing what, strategies we can help put in place for yep. you to save for retirement and do whatever it is we need Potentially to save for that first house yeah. exactly yeah because i think one of the things you've mentioned danny on the previous podcast is sometimes you know people think retirement's a long way away so i'm not going to think about that just now you know i'm 32 why do i need that you know but i think you've got to you've got to put some thought and effort into it and as you say if you can automate that and then you forget about it Happy days. That's or, the way automation is key and retirement is a long way away for a 30-year-old, but your retirement can look a lot different if the 30-year-old you does something proactively about it. So yeah. when you are 60, 65, you'll be happy about every dollar you put into super above what work do. Yeah, yeah. Seeing that yeah. time and time again when clients who may have taken the responsibility and made contributions themselves ahead of um, just the normal superannuation guarantee and you're looking at you know six figures more which in retirement I always say could be the difference between going to the Gold Coast for a holiday or going to the Mediterranean for a holiday every yeah. year. So, And yep. it starts now that the compounding effect, um, you know, is, is quite remarkable, yep. really. Yep. Um, I've got a bit of a phobia about driving an old crappy car because yeah, I can't fix cars. So I'm like, in retirement, I still want to be able to drive a new car because <laughs> I'm like, this, so I'm sort of working towards retirement so I'm not just broken down on the side of the road in some crappy car like I was back at uni. So I think everyone's got motivations, haven't they? You know, So I think yeah. if we think about those things, and this FH S scheme uh, that we're talking about, um, the first home super saver scheme um, that we're talking about today is sort of one of those things that if you put your money in, yeah, here's one situation where you can get it back out again and help your sort of financial situation now and not worry about 65 as much, you know. So, um, but great topic, Tam. Thanks for, thanks for coming in. No worries. Thanks First for having me. First of many podcasts for Tamara, I reckon. And, uh, but for all of our listeners, that's called How Your Super Can Help You Buy Your First Home. It's on the news page of molkay.com.au. Um, and thanks for coming in, guys. Danny and Tam. No worries. No worries. Thank you. Thanks, thanks guys. You've been listening to the FS360 podcast brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Financial Security 360 is at the centre of what we do at Mulcahy Co. If you'd like to speak to one of our professionals about a range of individual and business needs, give us a call.